Key Biscayne Stories collects the history of our beautiful island. This is your host, Alejandro Cervalli, and I am a certified key rat for many, many years and counting. With this podcast, we will share the stories of our residents and their love for this slice of paradise we call home. So stay tuned, relax, and enjoy these great Key Biscayne Stories. Key Biscayners, Key Rats, welcome to another episode of Key Biscayne Stories. Today's guest, we have Pastor Dennis Eastling, pastor at the Key Biscayne Community Church. Today, Pastor Dennis will tell us all about the Community Church Farmer's Market. If you have not been, check it out every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. You're looking at around 40-plus local vendors. It is a great place to go for a walk, spend some time with the family, pick up some things, and get a shot of community into your veins. You see what I did there? <laughs> shot of community into your veins? Anyways, Pastor Dennis will share with us his story of how he got to Kibiscane. He will tell us how the farmer's market started and what are the plans for the market as it grows. Join us for this Kibiscane Stories. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Sign up to a newsletter, information in the show notes. Pastor Dennis, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about the Kibiskane Community Church Farmers Market today. All right. Before we do that, let's get to know you a little bit. How, where okay. are you from originally? Uh, I was born in Muskegon, Michigan, so way up north. How is, how is Michigan looking nowadays? Michigan looks too cold for me to live there anymore. <laughs> I, I still have relatives there. Uh, I have a couple of kids of my own that live in Michigan and I visit, you know, on occasion. In fact, I took a skiing trip this last winter and uh, went up to see my daughter. So I get to get up there once in a while. But Michigan is not one of those states that's always cold, right? It's, you, got, uh, the, you got the seasons going on up there? Yeah, yeah, you know, it, but it's cold probably a good seven, eight months out of the year, uh, at least a little. I guess that's what it would be considered cold in Miami. You know, even the spring and the fall would be considered cold in Miami. In I Michigan. mean, anything under 73 is cold. Right. In Miami. <laughs> well, my blood is thinned out. <laughs> I believe that. Um, so how, what brought you down here to our beautiful island? Well, it was actually a call uh, that I received from this church. Um, I had uh, been a youth pastor in Miami uh, for about 14 years, went through a trying time in my life, uh, actually a divorce, and uh, left the ministry, moved back up to Michigan, uh, got a regular job, and uh, I guess I was up there about 12 years, and uh one of the kids who was in my youth department actually gave me a call. He was part of this church, uh, the community church in Key Biscayne. He asked me if God had called me to, to preach. And I said, yes, Eric, he, he has. He said, well, how come you're not doing that? You know, I can't do that, Eric. I, you know, I've been through a divorce. I've been disqualified. And he said something to me that uh, changed my life and the, and the way I, I understand God even. He said, you know what, our church, we don't believe that God has ever done with anyone. And we would like for you to come down and speak for us. And so uh, it was like a, you know, a bonk on the head almost. And it, it didn't, it, it took a very little to, for me to 
uh, I had two jobs going on in Michigan. And uh, one of them, I, I had a little business. I sold it within two weeks. I moved down here and I've been pastor of this church now for uh, almost 10 years. Selling your business in two weeks, that means that uh, you had God on your side there to bring you down here. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know how long that would take or if it would even sell. You know, but I kind of put that out to God. I said, God, you know, I have this business here. Uh, and actually, it was like a flower and gift shop is what it was. And we had a buyer within a couple of weeks. And and so it was over with before I could even know. I was still trying to catch my breath from it. <clears throat> how long did you have that flower and gift shop? I had the gift shop, I think, um, around nine years. Wow, that was you said that was before, before that you were down here in Miami, also being part of, a, yes. of another church. Of another church, straight out of college. Yep, I came down. I think I was 24 years old uh, when I graduated Bible college and uh, took a job at a church in uh, Miami Lakes as the youth pastor. And how does it feel to be back preaching now? And because you've been in the community church for for how long? Almost ten years. Yeah, I, I, I how, the best way I can describe it is I still have to pinch myself every once in a while to think that God, uh, you know, brought me to the Key Biscayne, Florida. In my mind, in my heart, I couldn't believe that that I could even deserve such an honor. God had uh, other plans for me, and and so I'm truly humbled and truly grateful. I mean, I'm sure your congregation is very happy to have you. I definitely had a pleasure to meet you last time that we that we got to talk pre-podcast. And I have been enjoying your your farmer's markets. How did the farmer's market start? Well, when I first got here, there was a there were a couple of vendors that came here on Saturday. We had a lady in the church who was trying to keep it going and and uh you know, finally she came to me for help and so I said, "Well, uh I'll do my best. You know, I've never run a farmer's market before, but uh, I'll do my best. And so, you know, in Key Biscayne, you can't advertise or put out signs or anything like that. And so basically it's uh, word of mouth or pay a lot of money for newspaper uh, articles or different things like that. Uh, and so um, uh, we, we had maybe four or five vendors and then up to about 10. It just kind of stagnated there for a long, long time. And our biggest problem, of course, was that everybody or nobody on the island knew that we were even here. So now we've been going almost this entire 10 years that I've been here. Today we have we have 46 vendors. And so the community has finally recognized us and uh, has kind of made us part of the community. It's just been a, a blessing ever since. And 46 vendors at one time? Yes, sir. Wow, that's... 46 sounds like a lot, but when you're there, it's like nice and compact and, and very, yeah. very, very nice. I just, I never would have thought 46. That's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Today we have 46. Last week, I think we had 39. So, you know, it's, it, it kind of varies from week to week between 30 and 40 normally. And your, and your, your max capacity, let's say would be how many? Probably 50. Is there like a qualification period or how do you select individuals? Yeah, there's an application process. Uh, we have one of those and, and we even have a waiting list uh, application. Um, and uh, a lot of times uh, vendors will call me and ask me if they can be part of the market. 
and there's a little criteria they have to match. And, um, and also, if uh, it depends on what their product is. Uh, we try real hard not to duplicate products uh, so that there's a lot of competition. We try to have, you know, one vendor that represents a particular thing. When it comes to Spanish food and stuff like that, a lot of arepas and, and these kinds of things, uh, everybody makes them different. So you, there's a little leeway. You can make, you know, they can have a couple of vendors that make, make the same thing because they always have their own twist on it. So but the, there is there is an application they have to they have to read follow and and agree to and then we set them up. What is your favorite part of the farmers market right now? I think my favorite part is right about now between ten thirty and eleven o'clock because we we bust it for you know from about seven fifteen until nine o'clock getting everybody set up and and uh, you know ready to go and then. I go back upstairs and I open up my shade and I look out the window and I see all the vendors and I see all the community coming in and just enjoying themselves and eating and laughing and, and just, you know, talking amongst themselves. And that, I think that's probably my favorite part. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to add to that. I mean, my favorite part of going is, so this, this will be my fourth time is the community feel aspect of it as like, there's people that I, I stumble upon people that I know some locals yeah. are selling their stuff with their dogs and then the kids. And then I even picked up one of these t-shirt bags from oh, your yeah. key. What are they? Zero waste from zero waste, which is a key organization that focused yeah. on zero waste. Absolutely. So I like, I like to, I guess this always discover new things from the community that we're doing. Yes, sir. It's fantastic. So what are some of the challenges you may have experienced as you continue to develop the farmer's market? Well, Alejandro, the, probably our greatest challenge is, uh, other than inclement weather, <laughs> our greatest challenge would be parking. We have one of the rules that we have for vendors is that they have to leave the parking lot wide open for customers. And so that means that they take up all the, you know, if we have 30, 40 vendors, they're taking up all of these spaces that are outside, you know, on Fernwood or Glen Ridge and, and even down, down the roadways. And so it doesn't leave a lot of parking. And, and what I've noticed is that customers, if they come through and they can't find parking, they might drive through a second time, but if they don't find someplace to park then, then they just don't stop. They, they go home, they get frustrated, which is understandable. I would too, probably. But uh, I know that what the village is doing right now, Fernwood, and they're they're uh, tearing up you know the whole sidewalk and putting in diagonal parking is gonna don't know exactly the number of spaces that it's going to increase, but I've heard that it's around 30, and I think that's going to really help a lot. Um, and so I guess that's probably our biggest challenge is just finding parking for the the community to be able to come and enjoy. The good thing about that is that many people can actually walk, ride their bicycle, bring their golf cart. We can get a lot more golf carts in than we can uh, automobiles. A lot of people like yourself walk and, you know, and, and I think that's fantastic. And, and I, I have to say, I walk too, because I live upstairs. So I just have to come down the stairs, <laughs> <laughs> but I do park my car off the facility. I bring it away so that that my parking space is also available, you know, for the market. Does your parking lot says pastor only? No, uh, 
they wanted to put that up, but I, I wouldn't let them do that. I just, uh, I'd rather not do that. I don't think that I'm privileged. Okay, that's fair, fair. The project you mentioned in Fernwood, it's that, is that a project that's happening now for the parking lot? Like it's active? They're currently in construction? Absolutely, yes. They're in construction right now as we speak. In fact, it's taking up quite a few of the parking spaces that we normally would use uh, because they have it all tore up. You know, they have the sidewalks pulled up and, you know, they're out there working diligently every day on that, on that project. All right. So the opposite of the challenge is a positive. I know you mentioned that the community and, and watching the community interact. What are other positives that you have, have noticed? I would probably mention, first of all, that the vendors here at our market you know, they come from all over the place. You know, some of them drive an hour, two hours to get here. Once we get here, it's like a, a big family. We just have fun with each other. There's, there's a lot of uh, joking and laughing and especially during setup and teardown, you know, but during business, a lot of people, you know, they're working with the community and the customers and everything. But uh, there, it's just a, it's such a great atmosphere. We don't always do this and this is my fault, but I try to have a, a word of prayer with all the vendors before uh, the market starts at nine o'clock. Like this morning, we prayed and, and I just asked God to bless them and to bless their business and to keep their families healthy and strong. And, and that kind of helps, I think, tie us all into being one big family also. Another benefit or bonus would be the money that we take in uh, because every vendor pays a fee to come in to participate in the market. And um, the church has allowed me to uh, use that money to be able to help people when they, when they come to the church. A lot of times, you know, people will come in, in, in desperate need of, of food or, or maybe a utility bill. Something's going to be turned off or, or something like that. And it allows us to use that money at our discretion to be able to help people uh, within our community and even in Miami itself. So I think that's one of our... One of the blessings. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's always it's always nice to be able to be flexible like that. There's some needs that cities can help and take care of. Some needs that other organizations from the county or from the state can help. But there's like there's always this little gap, right? Absolutely. And I think that's where organizations like you come in. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of like gap insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Just like gap insurance. I like that. Uh, what about like what is that? What does the future of the market look like? What's that vision, that okay. dream? Yeah, I, you know, I've thought about that a lot. And, and it wouldn't just be the market, but the market definitely would be included in our vision. Um, we had, before COVID, we had several meetings with uh, some officials here in the village and a lawyer and some contractors and things like that. Uh, just kind of pouring out our vision and what we what we felt like would be a, a positive thing for growth as far as our church is concerned, as far as the market and, of course, our community, um, is that we had thought about paving the whole thing, the whole, including our parking lot, you know, just kind of ripping the whole thing up, the parking lot, all the grass area, paving it all, and, and then uh, build um, a roof over it. And so it would be covered parking but it would be tall enough so that it would be, we could still have our Christmas tree sale underneath there and the tallest Christmas tree would still fit. So it'd be up maybe about 14, 15 feet high 
And, um, and then on top of that, we had on the second floor of that structure, we had considered maybe putting a high school there. That, this is kind of our, our, our vision, maybe ninth through 12th grade. And then on top of that school, that, that level, there would be playing fields up there, uh, soccer fields, uh, you know, kickball, softball, that sort of thing. And of course, it would all be fenced in and lit and everything. But that's kind of a long term. And but the, the market would would then the, the none of the vendors would have to bring tents because we'd all be underneath the, the parking lot and they would be setting up all the way around the outskirts of the parking lot and be able to have the market down there. So that's that's kind of a long term vision. Don't know if I'll be here for it, but, uh, you know, I want at least to get my shovel in the dirt and see if I can at least get it started. So you mean you're going to, you want to pave everything. You already have a paved section that's attached to the church and then the grass, right? Right. right. And then this new building will be attached to the church. Will there still be a separation car? Will there be a driveway or is this something that you'll be attaching to the church and doing the first floor for the vendors, high school, and then a rooftop, which will be awesome, by the way, a rooftop playing field. Actually, the, the parking lot where it is now and the grass area would all be one level. What That would be the parking lot itself. It wouldn't be attached to the building, but it would be very close. Okay. The reason why is because we are, you know, our building is 67 years old. The next step, of course, would probably to build a new sanctuary. And we would probably turn it the other way uh, and go out towards uh, the garden area. And uh, so that's, we kind of have a, a drawing of the whole thing. Oh, uh, I'll show it to you the next time, I, next time I, we get to visit. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So a very important question I'm sure people have is what would happen to the market in the meantime that you're doing construction? That is a great question because the few people that we've talked to about this, uh, they have said, what about the market? What are you going to do? You can't just stop it for a year or whatever it takes to build, you know, a structure out there. And so uh, we have given it a, a lot of thought. And if, when, if and when that time comes, my plan is to uh, approach the village to see if, if maybe they will allow us to meet in that grass area out in front of the rec center that used to be the old dog park. We've actually gone over there and stepped it off and looked at it. And it would definitely be you know, sufficient enough space uh, to house all the vendors, probably up to about 50 vendors there. That's kind of what our intentions are, is to ask the village if we might be able to meet over there. If that's a no, I'm up for suggestions. I, I'm not sure exactly what we'll do, but we'll come up with something. You know, if that's a no, the village could also block the two streets that are by the fire station and where, where uh, they put that huge tree, you know, oh, just yeah. like if we were doing a fair. Right. If I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, there used to be a fair on at the end of the key. Somebody told me oh. the other day. It's like there used to be a fair. They used to block the street, but whatever. Well, one option could be to block those two side streets, uh, oh. where the tree, where the big Christmas tree is by the fountain. That could also sure. be a, an option. I'm sure the sure. village want to work with you because it's it's already um, I'm going to say a village staple. So I don't yes, I don't think we can keep. Um, Kibiskanians from their farmer's market. Farmer's market. Yes, sir. You know, <laughs> we're, we're taking, I'm sorry, we're taking possession of it. This is the Kibiskane thing now. <laughs> no, it, it actually is. It actually <laughs> is. So I know we're running out of time. I have one more question. Is there a okay. message um, that you would like to leave for the community or what's your favorite part of the key? 
I think probably my favorite part of Key Biscayne is, is, is kind of like the seclusion from the rest of the world. You know, there's that one little bridge, or actually two bridges, but uh, that uh, just kind of, it's a disconnect. And when you get over that bridge, you just kind of can take a breath, you know. And even though there's traffic on Key Biscayne and, and people get mad on Key Biscayne and all those kinds of things, but there's just something magic about Key Biscayne that uh, when you get over here, uh, it, it's almost a, a feeling of security, of safety. I love pastoring here. I love the people who, the congregation that, that you know, that comes to Key Biscayne Community Church. They're, they're one of a kind people. They're just so, so loving and giving and, and selfless, you know, and, and I just, I love that. And and if I could, if there's anyone here on the island or off the island, and you don't have a regular church home, we would love to have you come and, and visit us. Our motto here at the church is wherever you find yourself on life's journey, you're welcome at the community church and keep a scheme. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what your race, your nationality, your sexual preference, it doesn't matter. You are loved because God created you, and Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. And uh, you're welcome at, at Key Biscayne Community Church. We'd love to have you come worship with us. I heard that the preacher's not that good. Just give him a try. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, Pastor Dennis, it's been great getting to know you, sharing your story with the community. And, of course, the farmer's market. I mean, it's. I, I feel like I should have gone earlier, but... Um, I'm very happy that I started and I get to experience it. It's a lot of fun. It's great, good food. Friends, my lot of friends that go there. So I'm, I'm very thankful. And so thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Alejandro, thank you for the honor. Uh, what a gem you are. We appreciate and love you. Too kind. Thank you. Thank you.